You ever have that favorite movie that you find a way to work a quote into a conversation or you answer only with movie quotes? You have a buddy that you can have an entire conversation with nothing but movie quotes? Does watching a movie remind you of a certain time or place in your life? Well then, this is for you. If you said no, well then, wow. You need to start living or being a little more honest with yourself. Anyhow, sit back and enjoy if you think you hate it now. Could have killed you, Dick. <laughs> Could have killed you. <laughs> if there is a better line from Young Guns to start off with, I can't think of it because it's really one of the better ones. Yeah. <clears throat> well, it's not only one of the better ones. It is probably the one that we use more than any other one. <laughs> I mean, this I certainly did. Um, yeah, af- absolutely. When, uh, especially when it first came out, but it's still deep into everything I talk about. Could have killed you, Dick. It's, it's just yeah, there. It's yeah. just when you're faster than someone else. That's the first yeah. thing you say. I could have killed you, Dick. Could have killed you, Dick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> there was a whole uh, field trip. Me, Stain, and Darby were on. I don't remember what field trip it was, but like every time we jump around the corner and scare the crap out of Darby, that was, you know, could have killed you, Dick. Could have killed you, Dick. Jesse Laird was on it. I think it was the natural history field trip in high school or something. But yeah, that was just, you know. Poor Darby. <laughs> is is that the one you guys took up to North Lake and just about crashed because Mr. Thomas saw an owl at night? The Great Horn Owl. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. About drove off. Yeah, drove yeah, off the road and everything else. Did have the minibus, minibus was in. Yeah, that was a. It there was, was a couple of those. I think it was like you could just see the tail lights, and then all of a sudden they're like sideways, and we're like, "What the hell? Did you guys see that Great Horn Owl?" Yeah, it was. It was. Yeah. <laughs> Now we're in, we're, we're, of course, in the ditch already. Already, literally, yeah. Back on, back on topic. The only part of Young Guns, the first one, that I go, ah, God, they didn't get that right. But yet I can forgive them at the same time because they got the spirit right is the beginning where it's all kind of sepia toned. Oh, yeah. And it's showing the character and they're shooting double action revolvers. And I'm going, damn it. At the time, you know, probably only about, 30% Thirty oh, percent of viewers went. Oh, yeah, that's wrong. Well, yeah, they weren't even like a Schofield either. Like, I'm sure one of them was like a, a 19, like Smith, like looks like a cop special, you know? Yeah, it looks on like one a of model, them. Yeah, it looks like a Smith Model <laughs> Ten, just like I've got yeah. sitting in the safe right over here, which yeah, I love that you know, gun. But you're, you're when like, it comes nah. to yeah, when it comes to Old West, I want something single action. It's you know that's well, just I mean, how it is. I would take a Schofield double, but yeah, they weren't very common at all. So no. <laughs> No, but yeah, that that part always kind of gets me a little bit. But I'm like, ah, I can forgive it's it. Okay, because yeah, it's totally. still a great film, and the texture's great. And one thing I really love, and we're going to talk about this between the two films, is how night and day stylistically different the two were. But if you watch the first one, you can dive right into the second one. Style change aside, and mm-hmm. it feels just like you started where you left off. It is really well done, and I think it's. I think they're two years apart. Um, yeah, if, if I'm looking at IMDb, IMDb. Thank you. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> it ain't a podcast until we do it. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I mean, the IMDb part. Yeah, exactly. Thank you. Thanks for... <laughs> Keep my distance. Yeah, I'm all for this. Uh, 3,200 miles right now. Yeah, exactly. Just right. Yeah. So, 
so yeah you know, you're thinking about it like well they must have started work on part two not very long after part one came out really if you're like probably oh, not. this is gonna be okay and, and get it lined out and and how we're gonna do it and hit the road i i would imagine even as part one as i'm watching it here was getting edited and put together mm-hmm. they were probably already plotting the stylistic changes they were going to make for part two to really make it stand out and make it stand on its own. And they used, I would say a different kind of film stock for part two. It's a little bit more rich looking in that, in that Southwest landscape. Yeah. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And you have that amazing music score in part two, which is kind of the first time rock music was made to sound right for something like that. And it works so extraordinarily well. Yeah, I was just uh, as one of my favorite things to do is before we talk about a movie is like this YouTube all about it because there's always random crap out there. That is a really really good idea, and I never thought about that. Well, I hate to give away my secrets, but uh, yes, it. Uh, so like Bon Jovi, you know, they did most of the soundtrack, or I think all of it for for part two. Yeah, and uh, he actually just hung around the set for like two weeks when they were shooting, uh, trying to get a sense of what was going on and. <clears throat> I actually found out about two cameos this morning that totally blew my mind. I knew about Bon Jovi. He's in part two. He's one of the yeah, guys. Yeah, he's one of them that's down in he the pit. Of the pit. Yeah. So after he'd hung out for a few weeks, I'm like, hey, why don't you just uh, let's get going? That's where he actually got his Screen Actors Guild card, which is pretty funny. Um, and then the other cameo I had never heard about, never spotted, had no idea is in the first one towards the very end. This, this is one of the people that gets shot in the big finale scene. Tom freaking Cruise was in the first one, dude. <laughs> I was not aware of that. Now, I have no now I'm clue. Have to pay special attention oh, to it. I don't think you can spot him without uh, <laughs> knowing. Yeah, it, even yeah. then, like they do a freeze frame, and I was like, "Oh, okay." And then I found an interview with Lou Diamond Phillips on Rich Eisen a, a few weeks ago, and he's like, "Oh yeah, dude, that was Tom. He was hanging out and good friends with Emilio, and and uh, wanted to get shot on camera because he'd never had it happen before." So yeah. So random, but anyways. Now, yeah. <laughs> now, Lou Diamond Phillips. Let's let's just focus on him for just a moment, if that's possible. I'm going to win a bet with myself. I think. Go ahead. <laughs> you knew I was going to bring bring this guy up, but uh, I, 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 even more even more particular. Yeah, keep going. I'm just such a big fan and of his. I mean, I love La Bamba, where he yeah. plays Richie Valens. I've I've you know you brought up what was it the Usual Suspects? Yes, or not. Yeah, yeah, it was the usual suspects yeah. where where he's in it. No, not no, it disorganized not the crime. Us- disorganized crime. That's the one, yeah. right? And of course, you and I are both big Longmire fans. <laughs> yes, okay, I win. We, you win. I had to bring up Longmire. <laughs> totally knew it was going to happen, dude. <laughs> well, it's perfect. I was just like, Cody's going to bring up Longmire at some point because of both the Western, but more importantly because of Lou Diamond Phillips. And so, yeah, we're... yes, and and you and I have had this discussion before, but for our listener out there. Notice I didn't go plural on that. <laughs> That's why I was dying laughing. I almost <laughs> for I our listener out something. there. Hey, the Steve. Thing, yeah. The thing that shows in all of the roles he does, even when he's violent, whether it's through trying to help people in Longmire, whether it's in Young Guns, even disorganized crime, there is still this very, very tangible underlying. Um, gentleness in in the guy and it comes through in every role so i'm thinking that really has to be kind of part of his who he really is 100 percent. i saw i watched three quick interviews with him earlier today and in each one like he was just like 
you could tell he enjoyed talking about what he was talking about. He just had a great presence about him because, you know, the, the one guy's like, dude, I, I, my full opinion and those of every ex film expert in the world is one of the finest cinematic moments is when Chavez comes around the corner at the end of Young Guns with all the horses. Can't be argued. Oh. <laughs> he's just like, especially when everybody thinks that sure. he's abandoned them. <laughs> well, especially Dirty Steve. Nobody else really does. I mean, he just Steve just goes off, which is one of my favorite scenes because yeah. you know he doesn't mean it. He's just that. It's just that relationship they have where they're always at each other, but they're like the bestest of friends. But he's like, damn it, I knew he can. He's out there doing this horse and wearing her dying. You know. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> now, did you notice they took they took the Dirty Steve character to such an extreme? <laughs> that even in the scene where they're in the water hole bathing, his There's face still... is still filthy. Exactly. <laughs> He's never actually cleaned up. He's always dirty Steve. Which is the best. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And there's some points of this that are very historically correct. There's some points that aren't. It doesn't really matter. It's entertaining as oh, hell. No. No, it's, it's, yeah, when I look at Young Guns, I'm not thinking about, oh, I'm going to learn about Billy the Kid. I'm like, this was like a somebody's passion project i guess i'm thinking i don't know the, the whole backstory but like all these guys are just rocking it in 88 you know it's a pretty strong cast yeah really um, it well especially Kiefer and, and you know and emilio and, it, and you Chavez wouldn't and, think yeah you wouldn't think that charlie would actually be charlie sheen would be the kind of bottom of the bunch uh yeah but totally. he's kind of the also ran of the whole group yeah, I mean, like, when you look at the credits, like, at IMDb, he's, like, fourth or fifth person listed, you know, right before Dermot. And you're like, wow. Um, but it's it's just kind of that – he yeah. fit that role well, I suppose. He um, fitted extremely well. He doesn't come across as Emilio's brother. No. Because they really – yeah, you can tell it if you know, but they really don't resemble each other that much. Not even in um, – Men at Work, dude. <laughs> oh, I love Men at Work. That was a great <laughs> film, and I haven't seen that in probably 25 years. It's freaking hilarious. But yeah, there's buddies, you know, so. Um, yeah, yeah, and, I, and I really, uh, obviously, you've got Emilio <laughs> as Billy, but, you know, Doc, Kiefer Sutherland, is yeah. <laughs> he is just kind of like the anchor that holds a group together through both Well films. said, well said, dude. Doc is probably the, yeah, he's sort of the. The, the sub father figure or like the, the voice of reason at many times, you know, um, and just <laughs> the unfortunate guy that got drug in for a while trying to get the hell back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He is just that guy. And when he's, <laughs> it's like when he's there, he makes the best of a bad situation. Yeah. yeah. And the, the other good thing about him in a Western is he rides fairly well. Yeah. Yeah, it does. You, I mean, you know that after the cowboy way, he actually stopped acting and went rodeoing for a while. He's a team. That's roper. right. Yeah, and yeah he's he, a, yeah. actually a pretty good roper. Yeah, <clears throat> and, took to it well. So it's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, cowboy way. Damn, I haven't thought about that movie for a long time. Yeah, big been, Chief. That has been <laughs> good old Big Chief. Everybody wants to play Big Chief. <laughs> it's yeah, it's this, uh, better when you have a straw hat than a felt it, hat. It weighs definitely. less. Uh, well, yeah. As you get older, I suppose you might need the straw hat. But. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Now, think... one of my favorite lines—I got to tell you this real quick. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but they're—they're they're, uh, giving him a hard time, and they say, "Oh, we're oh, just dude. hacking yeah. on you." And immediately afterwards, of course, great line. So, what are you here for, Billy? You know, you killed a man. Yeah. yeah. Why? Well, he was hacking on me. He was hacking on me. Yeah, and just, just like... as dry as can be. 
I love it. Oh, yeah. Always been one of my favorites, too, because just the way, like, you know, John Tunstall's like, this is going to be fun. And everybody else kind of like, hmm, watch out for this this squirrely hog boy, you know. And yeah. so... <laughs> I love, love John Tunstall's character because he is he's the he is the most level headed of all the characters in here. Yeah. Other than maybe Alex McSween. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he's just a very level headed man and very self confident man. Oh and, yeah. You know, Jack Palance comes riding in and Jack <laughs> is the big bully so to speak and that's he you know that's what makes him a great actor he comes across as a big insecure bully who wants everybody out of his way yeah it is that voice young boys (laughs) well we have okay we're gonna jump around between one and two here now i'm gonna say jack you know as the older veteran of westerns did a really great job in this but in part two James Coburn stole the show. Oh, he's good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. As Mr. Chisholm. Yes, sir. Yeah. Little Billy Bastards. (laughs) Yeah. When they get that nice low camera angle on him, the sun's kind of behind him and he says, I am New Mexico. I win my second bet. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's great. It just says, it picked a good person to play Chisholm for sure. Yeah. Those those two guys, I'm really glad they included him in there. Because every time... Well, this was reaching a point where these guys are getting some age on them. So their their window for being the thing that made them famous westerns is really kind of closing. Oh, yeah, for you sure. can't yeah, you make a is. western today? The only guy who's been in a bunch of them is Clint Eastwood and maybe Robert Duvall, and that's about it. Everybody else is gone. That's a great point, Code. Yeah, a lot of them are well getting past that point and aren't even around anymore. Yeah, so it's that's a good point. Those two for sure. Yeah, and, and really to get either one of them in one today, I don't think it's going to happen. Probably not. Uh, yeah, I think they're like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. <laughs> you know, yeah. somebody, like, I've, play some I've judge sitting on the front porch maybe, but I'm not going to do anything else. Yeah, yeah <laughs> I've done this. I'm not getting on a horse at 90 plus years old. Mm-mm. And really, who can blame him? Because falling hurts. <laughs> exactly. Landing hurts more. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> it ain't the fall. It's that sudden stop at the end stop. of it. That's what cuffs and stuffs you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <sighs> exactly. But you really get a good idea as as Jack rides in here with his group of guys to him, you know, his enforcers, so to speak, we have the regulators and we have the enforcers, even though the enforcers aren't called that, that's what they are. Oh, yeah. And so you get the idea. He's definitely a big bully. And then of course, later on, you find out the, the um, Chinese girl is his because her mother ruined a shirt at the laundry and you're going, okay, yeah. this guy isn't just a bully. He's a dick. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, at a point, you just want to go Spicoli and go, you dick. Yeah. Even like the first when they're talking off their horses, you know, he's like, savings, John. He's just like, he's just such an a hole. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the persona and the voice really yeah. personify Snake in the Grass. Definitely. Well said. I think that's probably was something in his mind too of just being that snake in the grass because it's exactly what he is yeah and then you you have the gentleman playing tunstall standing across from him and he's you know he's standing straight up he has perfect posture he's very sure of himself 
Mm -hmm. And that's the guy you want to be. You understand why these young men follow him. Yeah, I think opportunity and vision for sure. Um, and they're proud of what they do and who they represent. You know, I think that's that's the thing that brings them all together is they're proud of who they're who they're a part of. And it's that, uh, you know, this one of the things that always gives me goosebumps in both movies. And it's really a strong word for me is is pals. You know, that's that comes up a lot about the, this name that's carved on there. And, you know, Chavez understands the name pals. And I think that's just what all that. From the beginning yes. to the end of part two, that's what these guys are all about is for each other. Yes, and that's one of those historical facts that's kind of in there is is where his supposed grave is in Lincoln. Somebody inscribed pals on mm -hmm. the tombstone years later. Yeah. So and everybody cool. speculated, is it the kid? Is it not? You know, chances are not, but yeah. It's still somebody remembered. And yeah, then, it's of course, we got to get to the dance, and there's you know where he, <laughs> Charlie mentions he's a pugilist. Well, he and, mentions that, yeah. Well, that's we first hear about it when they're when uh, Billy's feeding. The oh moms, yeah, hog you know, boy. He's, yeah, of course. I'm a pugilist. Of course, I wouldn't expect you to understand what that is hog boy. Yeah, and, and then during this scene, that's right. That's <laughs> yes. where Billy steps up and he goes, "Oh yeah, pugilist." Yeah, exactly. It's like he, he knew the meaning the entire time. He just didn't yeah. let anybody know that he knew. And I and I like guys like that that those people oh, yeah. who um i have a, an acquaintance i won't say a friend an acquaintance who's a, actually an ncis agent and he's one of those guys he doesn't give anything away unless mm -hmm. you really pry absolutely you know, yeah one of those quiet guys and i like those kind of people it's like probably the, when they're when they're reading you know and billy's like nah and they're all assuming like that billy can't read and then he just tears into it and you know owns it and they're all like Oh crap. <laughs> what else does this guy know or how to do or whatever he is? So yeah, they, one they one layer into gets, that group. Yeah. Yeah, he, you know, he's the proverbial onion and that Absolutely. layer just got peeled back. <laughs> I can't believe I just said proverbial. That's a big word for me on Sunday. Yeah. That's probably the most syllables you're going to hear me utter this week. That's uh where the day toilet paper is paying off though. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm actually pretty pleased yeah. about that. I like how Charlie's just like a little bounty, kind of a bounty rooster there at the at the dance. That's how I've always thought about him or described him when he's just like proper, you know, pugilistic style for then. And then, oh yeah, uh, just works the yeah. bejesus out of this guy. Even and like it's an it's an impressive scene because that guy does like that spinning back fist, and uh, he had to be pretty on point to not get just absolutely leveled, even though they were acting because it's pretty fast. And he well, still ducks underneath it. It was, it, was, it was a well done scene. I think the amount of training they did to prepare for this had to have been really off the charts and, mm -hmm. and probably un, unknown before because you have a look at it. You have Lou who can handle blades really well. Mm -hmm. And then you've got Charlie who can handle himself really well. Not that way, folks. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Well, yeah we don't, we're not going to dive into that. He does say, oh, got, he does admit it. Billy's out there dancing. He's like, we're over here sitting around pulling our tallywhackers. So well, there you go. There we go. He can, well done, he can handle well himself done. and handle himself. <laughs> and then you've got all the rest of them can handle weaponry pretty well. Yeah. You know, yeah Doc, they do a good job. Doc's character knows how to handle a rifle. Yes. That's the thing. He is the rifle man. And, and you've got and, and 
Billy, no, I mean, really, I don't know how much Emilio must have practiced, but he was incredibly good. And I've actually read that on set, he was the quickest of everybody. Uh, yeah, you can tell it's it's a uh, like it's he really impressive baseline, one. especially both hands. That's always difficult, uh, you know, just because one of your hands is always more adept than the other one. And so uh, he, he's good at bond drawing with both and, and uh, handles them well. Yeah. And that only sounded vaguely naughty. Yeah, I saw that one headed towards the ditch and I decided just to <laughs> pull it out a little bit. So. oh my god and during the dance <laughs> and during the dance pat garrett shows up who as yeah. it turns out is patrick wayne yeah totally and who would think son of john yeah let's just say who would think patrick wayne would be upstaged by william peterson <laughs> and yet in part two you know there are those characters that steal the show james coburn being one of them but william peterson as as pat garrett in part two absolutely is unforgettable oh yeah i think if there wouldn't have been part two i think the pat garrett part one is is good because he's kind of like there they know each other he's a little aloof i think he's a good solid they don't they don't explore it at all but i think it's a good character in part two yeah you're like oh patsy you know it's, it goes from pat garrett to, to patsy yeah he becomes uh, a much know. more central character in part two 100 yeah he's uh, really on the fringes in part one he's just there mm -hmm. for a little bit of color yeah you just know, to he kind was, of establish he was, he was around yeah he was he was added a nice little happy pat garrett was added in by bob ross there <laughs> yes exactly. over by the trees yeah just... <laughs> <laughs> yeah this uh, this we come movie, up with some strange uh, things that's what people expect. That's what we are. But, uh, you know, when it came out in 88, I think this is, I have these weird landmarks, you know, and it's one of the landmarks of my world is birthday movies. And mm -hmm. this would think was one of the movies that we, several of us went to the theater and watched for my birthday because it came out 12th of August, it says 1988. So that would coincide be pretty close early because, September, right? Early August. Early on, um, why do but, I forget uh, that? I've known you for thirty goddamn years. Plus. I forget my own birthday, dude. So uh, don't yeah, <laughs> but being that we lived in Lakeview, yeah, so we probably went in September or something and watched it by the time we got there. But I, it just strikes me in my mind that that was one of those things that several of us went and watched before my birthday, and then because <clears throat> you know seats at home even more then as everybody that watches it then that's how you know who went and watched the movie because they're saying the same lines or could have killed your dick or chavez and chavez or you know mexican greaser you know just those little like we make that movie ours because not everybody's seen it yet so again you have like that little that little club of your and your buddies who have seen the movie and know what you're talking about which was always Still is, I think, one of the oh, best yeah. parts about watching a movie when, when nobody else has, like, as a group, because you're like, ha, ha we were all there. Of course, it's we a... all see ourselves as cast members in one way, shape, or form, you know. And you know, dog. Well, did you as see a, the size of that chicken, you as know, a spirit kid, world, and <laughs> you know, as yeah. a, as a kid, we <clears throat> we watch a movie and then we decide we're going to take on that personality for at least two or three days. Oh, for sure. Yeah, be it Kung Fu Theater or whatever, you know, it's just like... <laughs> yeah, it, you know, it's... I I don't know about every... Because I can't imagine any kid actually wanting to be Nacho Libre, but you never know. 
Hey, uh, he was one of my roommates in college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh my. <laughs> yeah. Couch monkey was definitely not Joe Libres. Now that's good stuff right here. <laughs> and and you see, after the dance, we're we're in the aftermath, and I love the shot with the pheasant because it, it's so out of context and yet it's in perfect. It fits in just perfectly. Oh yeah, when they're riding home the next day, basically yeah. from from town, and and then it sets up. Okay, this is why Tunstall's alone. Yeah, you know, turned them loose to go chase the pheasant. They're having fun. They're probably and... still half drunk. You know, they're they're oh, having yeah. a good time. Definitely, here. they probably had a red beer twelve, and they're riding back home. And boys will be boys, and you know, uh, yeah, yeah, they're probably headed home to sleep it off. Is really what they're thinking. And yep. then, of course, everything changes at this point. The landscape, by the way, is really really gorgeous. I haven't spent a tremendous amount of time in New Mexico, only around Albuquerque, Santa Fe. And that's been like around the time this was released. Oh, wow. And that was a long, I mean, I was like 12 years old. So that's a while ago, 12, 13 years old. So it's, it's been a long time, but from what I remember, New Mexico is very pretty. Mm-hmm. It's, and it's, it's like one of country. those, yeah, it's, you know, just a good looking piece of real estate, the whole state. Anyhow, they're doing all these circles at this point and trying to find the people they've been deputized by. But one thing you've got to love about Billy, the kid here, this portrayal of him is he really doesn't give shit one, what the rules are. He's going to do it his way. Damn it. They, they killed the man that took (laughs) him in and they're going to pay for it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause the very first person they go to get, you know, Henry Hill, I think is his name or William Hill, Henry Hill. Yeah. Henry. Yeah, you know, yeah, not just, the one from Goodfellas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what I was saying. I was like, wait a minute, that why does that sound so familiar? But yeah, we really just we, blast him in the shitter, you know, like and oh, not yeah. that way, kids. Yeah. Um <laughs> no. <laughs> I guess you could consider his pistol a one-eyed critter, but uh anyways. <laughs> I feel like we should apologize to our listener now. <laughs> you should know by now. Shame on you. It Shame. isn't gonna happen. Shame on you. Yes. <laughs> Shame. You know, if more people knew who we were, I'm pretty sure every time one of us went in public, somebody would be saying, <laughs> and a shame, shame upon your family. Shame. Yeah. <laughs> this, so this movie, both of these movies, how many, I would say probably no less than a hundred times we probably rented this from the local video store in La Grande, Oregon. One of the oh. two of them. And watched and watched and watched and well, watched. I mean, it's just it inspired. Kind of, I think one of our best collegiate moments when we called the neighbor, made a collect call from the spirit world. <laughs> <laughs> and I had forgotten about that moment for years and years until you brought it back up. And then it, all of a sudden, this flood comes into my head. I'm going, oh, yeah. We, probably didn't think that one all the way through <laughs> but damn it was fun because you see kids back in the day there was uh people had a phone just in their house like duct taped to the wall yeah and so uh and it actually a had call, a cord yeah it was really crazy that wasn't uh, for charging no no not at all it was for tripping people from across the yard because it was usually 70 feet long but uh yeah, so if you want, sometimes you make your phone. There's this thing used to be called the collect phone call. Like if you were somewhere, like a, maybe a, 
there was also these weird things called pay phones that were like yeah. public versions of the phone in your house. And if you didn't have change, see, change is little metal. Never mind. And so uh, sometimes you make a collect phone call like I don't have money. Make a collect call and the operator would say from who and you could say whatever. And we said collect call from the spirit world. So. Now, if I was standing right there where you're at, I'd probably pat you on top of the head and say, OK, Grandpa, it's now. Yeah, exactly. Get out of my let's yard. Get you, let's get you off to get some rest. <laughs> I was like. Well, I kept just backing out. Like, well, uh, I had to tell them to get some context. And I'm like, so first the earth cooled, then the dinosaurs came. And so. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> Every damn episode, this has to happen at least once. That wasn't even intentional. And I just thought, how far back can I go? Oh, airplane reference. So. That was uh, one of the best I've ever heard. <laughs> Why? Why? Thank you. Yeah. That's, yes. Uh... Oh, one of the lines. Okay, this one you're probably not thinking of right now, but what an influence it had on us in college. And this was from part two, where they're going through the Mexican village, and the big, heavy, we're guessing, <laughs> whore is sitting in there, and asks the you know asks the soldiers, "What you you not like?" Me, you only oh, yeah. like boys. Hotels. Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that funny, dude? <laughs> In that line, what a bunch of hotels. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, people that are politically correct are probably listening to us going, that's terrible. You can't say that. We are saying, don't care. <laughs> J-O-T-O. <Radio. laughs> that was <Yeah>. an... <laughs> yes, that one followed. K-U-N-T. Yeah. AM 1490, where gay's okay. Yeah, that's uh, that's Jojo. So <laughs> that that line though, and you really have to look for that line. I know, and I'd forgotten about it too till I watched this a little while back, and almost yeah. broke my lawn chair laughing so hard. Um, because now, yeah, that's that was all through our college years. Oh yeah, now just if giving I had each other been, grief. <laughs> if I had been the same age I am now when this came out, you know, my mid forties, where I'm actually a thinking person, reasonable oh, thinking. If person. I had been the same but age, I am. you you get what I'm saying. If if I'm, I'd have been what I, I am so. now, then yeah. yeah. What I'm saying is, if you would have told me that Christian <laughs> Slater and Alan Ruck were going to be in the second one, I would have oh, went, yeah. that movie's ruined. And it's yes. not because they're bad in any way; they're actually quite good in their own right in pretty much everything. But I did not expect them to be good in a Western. And they were both extraordinarily good. I think it was perfect for for Christian Slater because, like, he was there, but you didn't really want him to be. And that's kind of like, that's what his character was, too. Arkansas, they'd be like, it's my gang. It's not your gang. You know, and he's like, let's go, let's ride. And everybody's just kind of waiting around like, dude, we're Whatever Dave. Going. Billy said, yeah, exactly. You know, and the great fight that him and Chavez get into over the uh, Indian barrel grounds is one of my favorites. Yeah. Mm. Pulling that knife out of his yeah. arm. Yeah. More he always appreciated a good, a good blade. Yeah. A good blade with a bone handle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think so, Dave. That's a good one. We used a lot. And that one. I, well, yeah, if we hadn't had a pal named Dave, that wouldn't have made it nearly as funny. That, yeah, exactly. But you know, the spirit world scene, uh, you know, just like when the freaking when he's Billy's out there, he's got sagebrush in his hat and he's working his pistols and, and throws like, it right over his shoulder. And then he's just like looking, looking at his hand, it. like, <laughs> yeah, everybody is just 
you know, to quote Bill Murray, stone to the bejesus belt. Oh, man. She's my flower. And I'm her, yeah. I'm her butterfly. She's, I'm her butterfly. <laughs> and you, you got, guys. Yeah. yeah, the size of the chicken and shooting the shotgun. Yeah. Dog. <laughs> you, of course, never, Dirty Steve would have a horse named Dog, dude. That's my favorite. Because, of course. Yes. Precisely. And Billy writing in backwards, but that's yeah. one of the best things. They can't see us, asshole, because we're in the spirit world. Exactly. I'm paraphrasing here, but yeah, why are they? Because we're in the spirit world, asshole. They can't see us. Yeah. It's just... Yeah. I I would say if any one part of this film encompasses everything that we've done throughout the years, it is that one because we 100%. talk about that all the time. Uh, and even you know joking around with materco yes you know we we label the picture of the weird homeless guy on the bike you know materco we're in the spirit world exactly <laughs> yeah that's like you can say did you see the size of that chicken or dog you know all those, there's like all those little parts i was making know? that reference with a friend in texas the other day just by text message yeah mm-hmm. isn't it awesome and, yeah and again it's not it's not usually a, what I would quote as a conscious effort. It's just like you're 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 rolling through the Rolodex of like the equivalent now is like when you look for the right meme for what you're trying to say to somebody. And for Very us, much it's so. so like using movie lines for the basically the same exact thing. Uh, and you just like this is what I need to insert in this moment to capture this or to see if you're really thinking like way deep level like I am. Um, I think that's what's so great about this because the story's awesome. It's entertaining. But those moments like that where you pick them out and they just you just make them yours and and you know I'll never forget like the the field trip we were on and it was like we were in a lava and we're in a cave a lava cave or yeah was that over and, at Tule Lake? No, no, this would have been in uh, North Lake County, I believe. Okay, the lava beds out there, not the not the not, not Captain Jack Stronghold in, in Northern California, but other okay, out by cracking the ground and all that stuff, and. Okay. Uh, the the floor there was like a half lava tube in the floor and so three of us had gotten ahead me and stain and and uh mclaird i think and we're up around the corner it's pitch ass black and we lay down in this half open lava tube in the bottom of the it's like a trench in the bottom of the cave and it's dark like you can't see it's like you know, you know well diggers arse so the, everybody else comes around the corner and Darby's in the front. And as soon as they get like in, in head, Shane Thieler right there too, they get like right almost on top of us. And we flip on our flashlights and say, ha, could have killed you, dick. And like everybody like shits their pants. Yeah, I like, bet they did. I bet it was a collective hitting with the shit stick. <laughs> exactly. Nice drop in, by the way. Thank but you. Like, all the times I've said that line, that's probably the one that sticks in my, in my brain the most is that random incident on a field trip in high school. Um, so it's like how those things get tied together is what's the coolest part for me, especially it's this movie. So much of it. I've, I've thought about four or five things thus far that we talk about all the time that I've now forgotten mm -hmm. since thinking of them. And I go, damn it, I forgot it. You know, and yet I wanted to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and really i've said this before it's bears repeating anybody that actually knows me goes yeah that's no shock you forget shit all the time well you know silver back too uh yeah but it's um i don't know I, so some movies have more of these moments uh than others i think and this well, is definitely one of them <laughs> 
Yeah, just the other day we were actually using the reference of the guy that winds up killing Dick in this, where he drops the one gun, mm. grabs the other ones, goes, oh, yeah. let's dance, let's dance. Yeah. And he's smiling when he says, you know, he's <laughs> looking forward to this fight. Brian Keith, what a great cameo. Or I guess that's not really a cameo, but to have him in there too uh, is awesome. Yeah, there's just so many good little drop-in characters if that's you're looking. Buckshot Roberts. Yeah, Buckshot Roberts. That's who he plays. Yeah, He's yesterday I was watching. <laughs> yesterday I was watching Convoy, and there was even <laughs> little cameos in there. Oh, for sure. Now dude. I cannot verify it, but I could swear one of the guys on the Jesus bus was Rod Stewart. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do some research. That's worth tracking down. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, because I watched it a couple of times. In fact, I almost sent it to you, you know, that little clip. To go, yeah. Is that Rod Stewart? And then I, well, there's a couple of them I was going to send. We're, we're off in the ditch here, folks. Um, Put the hubs in, just we'll say, get out. Yeah, folk. But <laughs> the, um, oh, shoot, where was I going? Oh, I was also going to send you the uh, the scene of the old guy in the golf cart talking on the CB and joining the convoy as Hey, look, oh. I found Mater. <laughs> That's awesome. Because <laughs> I could see him doing that. Definitely. That would be you perfect. Know, going full Richard Farnsworth and <laughs> Richard taking his Farnsworth. scooter. <laughs> There's your random reference Jeez. of the day. And you're giving me hell about being old man Mikey. Yeah, you're busting out Richard Farnsworth and fucking Convoy back to back. Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. I'm actually very proud of myself. And yes, saying. I yeah. take the old guy crown. <laughs> I'd lift it up and put it on your head, but I can't get my arms that far up in the head. Yeah. And, and you tip over. So get over it. Yeah. It ain't going to happen. <laughs> it ain't going to happen. I don't know where in the world my dog took off to. Oh, well. <laughs> Are the keys missing to the pickup? Like, I'm just walking around. I'm like, where did that little dog go to? Because I put the big dog out in his pen. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just walking around because I do walk around while we're doing these because, you know, cool. exercise and shit. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, multi multitask. Yeah, it gets you might as well do that. And, yeah, it's good for the brain. It is. Now, I, I do want to stop at the the uh, peyote scene. You know, finding the spirit world will tell them what to do. Yes. Watching them all drinking it is. Oh, yeah. It's almost better than watching them trip. Mm-hmm. Yes. At that point, I think just, <laughs> just like, it, the, yeah. and the trip is pretty funny, but watching their reactions as they're doing it, <laughs> clearly the, they put something pretty nasty in that glass to get that visceral of a reaction from these guys. Yeah. It probably, I'm guessing they switched it up. If I was the director, if I was the director, I would have for sure. Like the first take, it would have been something nice, like maybe well, nice. Let's say like Coca-Cola for the first one. All right, guys, we're going to go live again. And then I would put something nasty in the second one. Oh, yeah, so. just be straight lemon juice. That's yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, lemon and juice uh, and Tabasco. Like, just mix it up. And be like, here you go. And the, the shot after they're done, or, you know, when they're trying to come down, when they mount up, Billy gets on backwards. I love the scene where you just see Charlie's hair. Oh, yeah. Straight in the air, coming up over his He's saddle. Just like, hey. It's, you know, obviously shot in the golden hour. It's shot yeah. about right about sunrise, which is an amazing time to film. He looks like he's been electrified, dude. That's yeah. Awesome. Oh, yeah. And then we got Lou with his 
you know, scary war paint on. And he yeah. does look genuinely looks scary. He looks badass. He's yeah. he's like focused like a knife uh, in his spirit world venture. And everybody else is just like assholes and elbows. <laughs> That's a good way to put it. I like that. <laughs> now I know I don't know where that came from. And you take you take that kind of breakdown bridge scene from part one and you go over to part two. It's the whorehouse. Mm -hmm. It's the same basic thing. That's the that's what I would call the bridge of the song there. And, you know, they go to the whorehouse. There's really no need for it other than it provides really good color. And I got no problem with that good looking redhead getting naked either. Oh, yeah. And that's what. Well, I think it, that's really it shows the the insight of of Pat Garrett too, and they're like, "Hey, we're hey, we're he's we're heading back this way." He's like, "Nope." Uh, ever heard of a koi dog? You know, like it's been a hundred some miles since the town. The kid's like a koi dog. He, he needs he some needs attention. some attention. Yeah, and so we're gonna circle back and go to town. And so uh, I thought that was cool because that's kind of just shows how Billy thinks, and Pat yeah. knew that. That's because Pat used to ride with him. So yeah, and then they got to go to. I don't know, is it Red Oaks or something like that? You can kiss my ass. And so that's yeah, her. she drops her dress and <laughs> hops on her horse. That poor, stupid schmuck of a deputy they send in. He's like, I do things law way. <laughs> what kind of way is that? <laughs> so, yeah, well, we're going to give them the Indian they want. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have your hat there, Travis. Yeah. <laughs> the, and the top of that scene is where they kill him, and then they all walk up and go, oh, shit. In fact, I think that oh, yeah. is the word yeah. used. Oh shit! Yes. Yeah, yeah, I love that. <laughs> I love the uh, the whole horror scene is awesome because it they kind of get to hang out a little bit and to the manor born, Jane, to the manor born. You know, just a little. And that line gets used. Both of yes. us use that a lot. I, I love that line a lot. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know exactly what it means. I, you know, I think it's you're just a lady, and I. It's and the I yeah, and it's proper English that really fell out of not out of favor but fell mm-hmm. out of the average american's lexicon now that yeah. that may still well be in use in in shit Sus- england sussex yeah but yeah <laughs> like but, <laughs> yeah. yeah we're coming out but we're coming out blasting Yee! and he does like a little war hoop <laughs> shoves, shoves him, out. him out the door <laughs> wearing chavis's hat and blanket yeah yeah that's <laughs> yeah and and i'm just sitting on the scene with old buckshot here going well let's dance let's dance yeah the rest of the little son of bitches so, only worth a hundred but you know i'll take it <laughs> <laughs> he's just so happy yeah and then he just dives in the shit i don't know why he jumps in the outhouse like that that's just like very maybe he wanted to die i guess i don't know yeah but it's like he's laying them down mowing them like, and then he jumps in the outhouse and it's like no <laughs> yeah well if i don't take them they're gonna take me so here's how it's gonna be yeah, and that's where uh, right before that is where you know the killed your dick scene was at when they're praying. Jesus, dick is getting cold. You know. Like, yeah. <laughs> I yeah. love that and, line, and dude. <laughs> Kiefer's great line where he's just they're they're gun to gun. Oh yeah. And buckshot's coming in, and <laughs> Kiefer's just calmly. Oh well. Does he look like he's here to turn himself in? <laughs> yeah. Just nice and calm. I love that. It doesn't he like. Uh, could you pass the potatoes, please? Like, too, when they're both like... <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> it, it does show that he is he is the ground strap to that lightning yeah. rod that is the regulator. It is just because, yeah, Dirty Steve comes whooping off off the hill. And again, like, he's standing guard way up on the hill, and they're all having, like, sit-down Sunday dinner. 
yeah, that that really tells you what the hierarchy <laughs> yeah. of the regulators Steve's is. Steve's up there with a shitty bottle of whiskey, and they're down there having chicken dinner. Uh huh. With gravy. <laughs> with gravy. Yeah. Like, who the hell cooked it? Nobody. I don't know. But yeah. Uh-huh. Come on, Dick. It's getting cold. Yeah. That's. I just love that. Oh, it's fantastic. <laughs> I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a swing back into to part two. One of the other great lines we've got to talk about is where Pat and uh, whatever Vigo's character's mm. name is. and Oh, I think. I think so. And, and the other, the newspaper guy mm-hmm. are riding along. The newspaper guy keeps having to drop the bomb. I have to have a movement. <laughs> movement. Yeah. All those Indians <laughs> surround him on the rim. And yeah. then they leave and Vigo looks at Pat. I think I need to have a movement, mm. Sheriff. Yeah, me too. Yeah, John W. <laughs> Poe Cattlemen's Association. I think is that. I think is who he is. Yeah, but that yeah, one the, is definitely in the lexicon all the time. Oh, I, yeah. What are you doing? I got to have a movement, sheriff. Have a movement, sheriff. Because, yeah, the little uh, the guy that Pat Garrett hires to come and document the experience. You know, yeah, he's having a movement, and he stands up from having this movement, and he's like, "Itcha, itcha, itcha, itcha." Yeah, he understands how to speak Apache. I'm, I'm guessing it's Apache. I think it's Apache. Being yeah, in the part of the country that they're in. <laughs> they're not the not that I am well versed in Indian languages, but I would guess. Yeah, that was a great line, dude. Thanks for bringing that one back. Because <laughs> I use that quite a lot, and it has to have that just twinge of Southern draw. Like, sure, if I think I have to have a movement, you know. So. Yeah. <laughs> and of all people, too, Vigo Mortensen, like. Just play some not, douchebag. Not the know. man you think of. Not at all. Mm-hmm. No, but uh, it does a great job. Yeah. Even you're like, is that really Vigo Mortensen? I'll be some bitch. Yeah. And that, yeah, that was before anybody <clears throat> really knew who he was. Mm hmm. Yeah. Cause it was what it was, it was 90. 90? Yeah. Yeah. Right in there. It's 1990. Yeah. About the time that both of us started driving. Pretty close, yeah, true, right in there. I mean, that's that was my learner's, learner's permit year, yeah. His 88 88 was a freshman, I think, so yeah, 90. That's pretty close, yeah, 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 exactly. It's been god, this is this has been good to go back through this film, but I want to, if if possible, right now, I want to take a break and I want to go back into. What we started in the last episode, which mm-hmm. is our, our music discussion, and this is completely ah, yes. off of the Western topic here. Well, it, it is and it isn't. Yeah, well, like, and especially Young Guns, too. It was a, you know, like we talked about earlier. Much was... more of a rock and roll sound. Absolutely. And it was great, though, man. Now, great. you know, deep tracks, shallow thoughts. Here we are. We're at that juncture. And I had a hard time thinking about things I wanted to do. And then I thought about, and we briefly touched on this in the last episode, but I wanted to start off talking about um, Tesla, the band. Great, Mm -hmm. great group of musicians. Uh, I I think they were very unfairly lumped in with the Sunset Strip group of of butt rock from the 80s because these guys were actually really good. They're well-thought-out songs, well-thought-out music, very well... um, arranged everything else and they have reached this point to where now i sent you the two songs this morning i'm curious what your thoughts are because these are newer tunes of theirs oh yeah and it, well i can't remember what uh what album they were off of but yeah they're a little bit they were off of simplicity, simplicity which is that's right, from yeah. about five years ago yeah which which is weird because a it doesn't sound like it's it sounds 
older. Well, it sounds more Tesla like than anything, but it doesn't sound five years old. It sounds twenty years old to me. Which exactly. I think is cool. Um, because of that fact, it's like that's because they want to. That's what they're doing. You know. The, so I thought that that's really cool about Tesla. I appreciate it. It's like this is what we want. to Yes. Play. And a hundred percent what what we want to play. That's the point of today's topic. I'm glad you brought that up. Because I really love totally. when musicians reach a point where they're not worried about what the media thinks about them. They're not worried about creating new top 40 hits. They want, at this point, to make the music that makes them happy and express the things that mean something to them as a person. Now, the um, let's see, the first song I sent you, uh, So Divine. Mm -hmm. From beginning to end, the song is clearly about Jesus. I mean, and they are... Yeah. They are obviously Christians, and yet this wonderful, you know, everybody said, well, rock and roll is dark. And no, it doesn't have to be. You know, you have wonderful guitar tone. You have great riffs, great licks all the way around. Everything in that song is classic Tesla. It's just them saying, this is who we are these days. And yeah, the same thing with, with yeah. song two, honestly, is a very, very, oh, yeah. you know, it, it's a, that song affects me so much every time I hear it because it really, as you get older, that's where how you feel about things. You know, you're you're simplifying your life. You don't want as much stuff. You <laughs> want more experiences. Yes, and you just you're not afraid, I suppose, or hindered, or there's less influence, I think, from the outside about what's important to you and what you want to do. I yes, think. yes, and and really, how the ball got rolling on this was a. I'm going to say about eight weeks ago, probably, when I had been talking to my musician pal about mm -hmm. Frank Hannon from Tesla. And afterwards, I sent you, I think, um, honestly, I sent you that song. And forgetting that I'd been talking to Gary and not you. And I said, oh, yeah, this oh, yeah. is the <laughs> song I was talking about earlier. And you're probably going, huh? But then the next day, you're posting Tesla on Facebook. Yeah. And then another friend of ours chimes in, who would be the last person you'd ever expect to say this. She goes, oh, Frank's a really nice guy. He rides cutting horses. He oh, spends yeah. time at our place in Fort Klamath every year. He's yeah, even exactly. taken a dump in my bathroom. Yeah, exactly. And it shows how small our world is that we can, we can come disconnected. from yeah. me talking to somebody <laughs> who has never interacted with either of you. And then it comes right back around to this. Yeah. Uh, great point, dude. It, 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 perfect point about that is, yeah, like I'd been like digging them back up and then you'd sent that. And I'm like, yeah, I totally agree. And then I started digging into it more. And then I like, I have like a radio, like on, I think it's on iHeart or whatever. I play across Alexa. There's a um, that channel, you know, and so it plays all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I was rocking out one morning, making breakfast or whatever I was doing. And like, I was like, sweet, I just love this song, man. And so, yeah, and it just... <laughs> such a weird little circle dude <laughs> it, it really is it really is what i try to do and this is actually something really fun to do if you if you decide is about once a year i pick an artist oh and yeah. i go back and revisit their entire catalog that i've maybe never listened to all of it or mm -hmm. just in very small doses at some point and i always find buried treasures in there and things that go man i'm glad i went back and did this hank williams jr was last year's mm -hmm. and hank i mean he has so many songs you've never heard from the early 70s when he stopped being the son of hank williams and became yeah. hank williams jr his own man absolutely and, yeah it's 
it's and, worth um, going back. And I did the same thing this year with Tesla. Richard, our, 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 our mutual friend, Richard, he brought up a great point the other day. Oh, Richard. Richard, Brad Burmy. Um, it's less and less times now that we listen to an album in its entirety. Most of the time, like I just say, we're on a, it's on a certain kind of playlist or quote unquote radio, you know, so you get the high, high points and every once in a while you get something to layer deep if you want to call it that, but not very often, but like these days we don't just get, get an album or a cassette or record or whatever the shit you call it now and just listen to it front to back, you no. know, like, like it used to be the standard. And so I, I think that's such a great point you bring up, like not only just picking an artist and like starting on day one, basically, but like when you do listen to an artist, like check out the album, you know, like, cause a lot of times I think, uh, you know, they tell a story in one way, shape or form. Somehow there, there's a connection usually not always, you'll get me wrong, but I think it tells a great story that they're, they put them in order for a reason, you know, usually. Yes. So I think yeah. we miss out on some of those deeper thoughts or meanings or, or things when we don't listen to an entire album and probably they probably don't do it as much anymore but that used to be i think a real part of the artist statement is how they get to put that together and 100 percent what it works out to be and going back and visiting revisiting i think is wonderful in in the way that i will say one of the most mind numbing experiences is listening to the beatles from the beginning to the end because that was only about a six year period mm. there seven year yeah. period and the arc of not just the songwriting, the musicianship and the creativity from beginning to end was mind bending. It was so such yeah, a I, steep curve. I've never done that. I've never been really into the Beatles much at all. I wasn't. But I, th I think I owe it to myself to go back and do that just for that. Um, well, and, they, they've earned that. If nothing and else. if you do so. There's and one if thing you I, do, sorry. Yeah, if you do so, <laughs> I would recommend listening to actually the Beach Boys Pet Sounds and mm -hmm. Beatles Sgt. Pepper in tandem because those two albums, one was a response to the other. Brian made oh, yeah. Pet Sounds and John immediately went and started on Sgt. Pepper's afterwards. And those are really the two most revered albums of all time. Really, mm -hmm. when you ask any expert in the industry, that's what they say. That's one of those two, usually followed by Dark Side of the Moon. Word. And and that's another one to go back and listen to, especially to go back into Pink Floyd during the early days, the Sid Barrett days, mm. the very psychedelic time, because there's a huge arc with them as well. But definitely... Um, Tesla was the topic today for this. And, and <laughs> those of you who've forgotten, <laughs> I really kind of did forget because I got off on such a tangent. That's hilarious. Hey, things happen. You know, Word. what are you going to say? And, and I have a lot on my plate. I mean, this time right here was actually supposed to be llama talk. I called Shep. He couldn't make it in. He was feeling <laughs> ill. And I think that really puts an exclamation point on why you should always, always have your llamas tested. Because you don't Certainly. know where they've been. You, no, and Chet, I think he found out the hard way. Um, literally, yeah. So, <laughs> I'm not dick. Came from yeah. out of my head. Speaking of the hard way, uh, I was perusing seven layers deep on IMDb. IMDb for uh, Young Guns Part Two, and some name caught my attention as I rolled down the list, and that would be 
Miss Ginger Lynn uh, was actually, her name was Dove in the whorehouse, I'm going to guess. But for those of you that grew up in the same time that we did, Ginger Lynn used to be a, uh, shall we say, adult film star. A very, way, very talented. A, a, affirmative. Uh, way back in the day. And then transitioned into what they would call legitimate film. Uh, so, you know, when you roll down the IMDb, it's, it's pretty funny to look at the, cause they have the name of the, you know, uh, the movies, you know, so you have the pink lagoon, uh, panty raid, uh, miss passion, uh, kinky business, jailhouse girls, you know, a little bit of hanky panky. Uh, <laughs> she made 69 films by the way. It's, uh, it's a sign of true talent. The Poonies pleasure hunt too. <laughs> Um, Ginger on the Rocks, which I recall, uh, you know, Between the Cheeks, Bedtime Fever, Electric Blue, 39, 42, and 43, Beverly Hills Cox. Uh, and then we'll scroll up here along further on into the mid-90s or whatever, you know, and so we have... It's a very busy uh, girl. Thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, American Pie Presents, Metallica, the videos, uh, <laughs> other things as well. So, yeah, um... I just thought it funny that very, a, very a, prolific in there. Yes. You're like, Oh, Charlie Sheen must've had a hand in the casting uh, for one. <laughs> Clearly he did. <laughs> and then it's, I've never looked up a porn actress on IMDb. because They, they have all the titles. Uh, <laughs> How well, IMDb does not discriminate. No best of Ron Jeremy. Uh, you know, so. who? So yeah, it's I didn't mean that image because they're, they're there. So Best and Ron Jeremy should not ever he, go into the and and yeah. since since you brought the man's name up, Ron, he he was the guy who discovered. Uh, I say this because I'm a Nevada resident, so this is okay. actually pertinent to me. He's the one who discovered Dennis Hoff, who owned the Bunny Ranch, dead. Oh yeah. Now that and myself and all my other pals that live here all made a pact right then. We all need to get a medical alert bracelets that say, "If found dead by Ron Jeremy, do not report to media." <laughs> I think you're selling yourself short there. I think uh, you joined a long list of great people. <laughs> It's oh how he wanted to go. Yeah. yeah. I, I would imagine so. I, I have to point out one more quick thing about her. It says I'm just still reading on IMDb. So there's just this brief period of part two. So we had Young Guns part two, Hollywood Boulevard part two, Vice Academy part two, all in a row, all 1990s. That was a really busy week for Miss Ginger Lynn. So, Clearly. Uh, yeah, I'll leave it at that. But uh, just scrolling down deep to see random people and sure enough, I'm like, you know, because you, as you get towards the bottom of the the list of characters, like most of the people don't have pictures because she you she you is the one them. in part two that sends you know that breaks Tommy's cherry. I think so. Yeah, it, sends it just him says dumb. And, and says, a you come guy. back, you come back again now, I or something so. to that yeah. effect. And he goes out, woo, woo, <laughs> yeah. But it's you know when you're down Which at the bottom, I think of the we list, all did. That nobody time. has pictures except for basically her. And you're like, who's the blonde ginger Lynn? Are you crapping me? Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Woo. <laughs> yeah. So random. Nope. So nobody random. complains about that. <laughs> it cracks me up. But uh, yeah, even even chicks at a point are like, yeah, she's hot. Yeah. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> they they may not go into more depth than that, but they at least grudgingly admit that. Like, yeah, she's attractive or sexy or, or whatever you want to use yeah. for that day. Yeah, and extremely good at what she does. 
<laughs> Bless her heart. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there has to be a gold standard for every <laughs> every profession. A gold standard. <laughs> <laughs> I had a hard time saying that without cracking up. I couldn't. Uh, yeah, that's uh, <laughs> oh, that's too funny. What a random. Uh, anyways, it's uh oh, well, and one more random thing for me, and then uh, so again, I was watching some behind the scenes crap or whatever I could dig up on earlier today. And so one of them was like interview with Charlie or um, Emilio Estevez. I mean, in like, um, 2017 or 2018 and like, Hey, is there going to be young guns three? And he's like, dude, we're all dead. How are you going to do that? The, well, the, there's uh, the, uh, but then the interview I saw with Lou diamond from about um, maybe three weeks or a month ago on rich Eisen, he basically confirms they're they're working through and getting ready for Young Guns three. How? I don't know. That, but he's like, yeah, Emilio and so and so are working me. on it. So uh, that, I don't know what very they're going to do. Perplexes me. Indeed, but that, that yeah. and then that was like just a, like less than a month ago, maybe or so. Huh? When I, that interview look, was. So I'll have to look that interview up. I'd love to. Yeah. To see that anyhow. Yeah, it's pretty because good. I need, he talks about yeah. the, that's when I found out about Tom Cruise. He confirms it also in, in that interview, uh, and I saw a random video prior to that. So yeah, it was worth uh, worth watching. Yeah, and I'm almost to that scene actually, where they are holed up in McSween's house, and oh yeah, then they burn it, burn them out. <laughs> I love when they're so they're they're blazing back and forth because they finally caught him in the house and they fell for it, and so. He goes to have Alex a gun. He's like, oh, no, uh, active participation in a gun battle wouldn't negate my life insurance policy. <laughs> and that so sounds like something you would say. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it just slays me. Just bullets whizzing by, shit going everywhere. And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> and you do have people that handle stress differently in real life, and they captured it really well. You've got Charlie. Oh, who's 100%. Just, who's yeah. just dropping B-52 sized bombs in his pants. Yes. And then finally snaps and goes batshit on him. Totally and then you got him. Billy who's laughing the whole time because this is, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's just, yeah. Hey, who's hey, just yeah, laughing. Crawford out there. <laughs> yeah. Which is quite, we've mentioned this before. It's quite funny because I actually grew up rodeoing with Charlie Crawford. Charlie Crawford. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Of all things. That's just too funny. Yeah. He just, he never, Billy always just laughs it off and drives everybody crazy. Yeah. He definitely handles stressful situations with uh <laughs> with humor there's no doubt it must be part two because this is one of my favorite doc moments when he's like uh he's waiting for billy to cut the the chains off his wrists you know and, and billy keeps dicking around and then uh finally does like a shoulder yeah. roll Would backwards you just shoot and comes the up chain? And, yeah Boom. exactly shoot the chain billy and then he's like i think it's just the same scene and then uh billy's talking about the you know the blood wizard by and like Doc's like, you may hear trumpets and shit and go up. I shit my goddamn britches. Like, <laughs> yes. That that may have been in part one. I don't know. It remember. might have been in part it one too. Have... I can't remember. Um, I'm, I'm think, thinking that think might I... have been where they're bathing in the in yeah. the water hole. I was. And I mixed those two parts and put them in together as one. But yeah, that's uh that is part one. And he's like, that's the ultimate test. That's when he starts talking about the yeah, test. And that's the yeah, I shit my goddamn britches. Yeah, if you ask me, that's <laughs> the ultimate test. I'm yeah. Here. I'm in. Yeah, totally. What a and what a conniving little thing. Well, how old Mexico? That's a test of all tests, right there, Warts. Yeah. In other words, like everybody's leaving me, and I'm going to make up a reason that I think that's the best idea to go do it myself. 
uh-huh. <laughs> which is hilarious. But <laughs> yeah, he's definitely a master manipulator. Yeah, yeah, and the the line that struck me too today—it's not really a line, but it's just what Steve the way he says it. And uh, when they like, we just go bury them all up on Captown Mountain. We'd say, Steve, uh huh, like, just yeah. like... <laughs> which. And that, of course, it. brings up the beginning of part two, where they ask, should we give him a proper burial? Oh, yeah. yeah. And they just yeah. kicked yeah. a little dust over the guy <laughs> and walked off. Yeah. Travers from Tularosa. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now. Uh, and that's yeah, I think one of those... part two, they, they focused more on the, how do I say, like the Western flair, maybe, or the, they made it more about cowboy to a degree i think in part two that's my perception anyways and yet it was filmed with a less grainy mm-hmm. more modern looking yeah format mm-hmm. it was really a great uh great mixing of styles i thought i loved it yeah especially that that song you hear when rushy bill starts going back in his memory mm-hmm. and it, you know that song oh, is what yeah. sticks in my head every totally. single time totally yeah, I I need to get that on a soundtrack. I should look up on Apple Music and see mm-hmm. if it's on there. Yeah, it's really cool. It just kind of captured the movie because it's got a little bit of everything into it. But it's a good score, and you can take a, a mediocre movie mm-hmm. and change its character entirely with the music score. Right? Yes. Think about for think about for a moment how different Star Wars would have been without that giant oh. orchestral score. Totally, John Williams just that was like he was a Bigger role in that movie is is any other component at all, no doubt about it. Yeah, the fact that I know his name's John Williams says that right there. Oh, it really does. It really does. And there's uh, the the other one that comes to mind for me is uh, the man from Snowy River. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Bruce. That's Bruce Roland that did that, and it is. I still have that on CD. That entire thing. I've actually burned it off onto the computer just in case I ruined Mm -hmm. the CD. I still have it, but some absolutely fantastic tunes that go into that music score and they did such a great job of capturing each moment in music yeah because it ties back just the same as the the movie and and that brings up a great point also is for part two you know music videos were getting pretty prominent by then as well and so i think the fact that bon jovi did that and then they had a pretty cool music video attached with it that played a lot of the movie was probably helped both of them out a lot without a doubt because they're their moment i wouldn't say their moment had passed by any means but they (laughs) were they were kind of reaching that okay we've heard everything bon jovi has to offer yes and turns out they went uh no you haven't yeah (laughs) blaze of of glory (laughs) was very stylistically different from what they'd done in the past and it was really good it was a good song yeah totally yeah they're ever forever connected for me Without a doubt. Between those and a uh, great video. And I think they were just, I didn't know till this morning that he'd spent that much time on the set, just trying to get a sense of what they were doing, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. Well, and then he wound up getting other small roles too. Sure. I, I think he was yeah. in, God, I think he was U571. He had a, a really good cameo in that. He's um, been in some like, whole chick, chick flicks. Yeah. Yeah. Just kind of one of those guys who takes a small role where he can. Like, I know I'm not good, but this is fun. But I'm having a good time. Yeah. It's like, it's all good. Yeah. And I have the opportunity to do it. He worked on the Armageddon soundtrack, too. I had no idea. 
I did not know that. Yeah. Well, we might have to cover that sometime because it's actually kind of a fun oh, movie. Oh, dude, love that. Yeah. Yeah. There's just, there's never going to be a shortage of great movies to do. And that's a good thing. That really yeah. is. Yeah. But, you know, as we tie this thing up, there's my, there's my vocal tell again. I said, you know, <laughs> as we tie it, I'm getting better and better at not using that. It's tough. It's so tough. It is, but I listened to the first couple episodes and I went, okay, this is why nobody listens. Um, <laughs> oh, I, got, I can break something to you. That's not why. <laughs> <laughs> Don't sell yourself short. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, it's not me. It's you. Yeah. But as you know, as we're tying this thing up, I want to ask you first, is there anything else you want to bring up on this? Because I think we've really hit both films and what made them great and what made them stand alone. Yeah, there's only one more line that really sticks out for me, and that's when they're at Chisholm's place. And which one of you boys is handiest with the steel? That'd be me. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that gets used all the time. A lot, especially there was like one summer in particular when I was living in Milton that me and Peachy Dave, and we still say a lot back and forth, but that was the line, no matter what. That'd be me. It's just all I, you know, all that whole summer long thought. Oh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it, both these both these movies play very well together. It's again, if you get into the whole complexity of one versus two or the sequel or not, I think they both really stand well together. You, you don't have to see one to see two and understand yeah, and enjoy. That's the beauty of it. It stands one hundred percent on its own legs. Yeah, just they they have some subtle little background things. If you don't know what happened in part one, I'm a school teacher from New York that how they play together but you're exactly right like they they make each other better with one and two but you don't have to have seen one to watch part two which i think is really cool but well that's uh, that is really a sign of good screenwriting right there mm-hmm. i completely and, agree and good filmmaking it's good filmmaking and, and you're not like oh crap they ruined it like no they had more story to tell and i think they did it awesome yeah and visually <laughs> you just look at the camera shots the angles the time of day things were shot mm-hmm. Things were very, very, very well thought out. That's good. Yeah. So with all of that, man, we've hit it. This has been this has been a hell of a lot of fun. Oh, I love these movies for sure. It's fun talking about them. It's fun thinking about where we were, what they mean, how we've used them. And a lot of times we you know, again, I'll say it, we use these lines or whatever, and we I don't think about where they came from per se. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it'll they be just, attached to, to more about memories, let alone than than what movie that came from. So yeah, like some of them like out. this particularly were the movie was a special event itself, and then things went from there, i.e. my my birthday movie. And that's that was one of the high points. So I think it's extra extra special from my point of view over some other movies, but that's just because it's that hundred percent. Because that was the days where if you didn't go to the movies. It, and it was your birthday, you probably rented a VCR and a bunch of tapes. Mm-hmm. And your buddies Absolutely. came over and you watched, you know, for 10 hours straight. Oh, dude, that would be like, dude, we got a v- VCR and we're watching blah, 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 whatever it might have been. And like, oh, awesome. You know, and so or we've got that reserved because, you know, back then movies would like come out and then they would be released later on at the movie store. So you had to get on the list because there's only so many copies, but you want to be the first one to watch it. So. Oh, yeah. <laughs> No, yeah. it's been awesome. I thank you for picking these out. And I had a great time watching these. 
and looking behind the scenes and just remembering some of the the great points and learning some new stuff about them. I think it's uh, two of my favorite movies so far for sure. Yeah, it was probably the most natural fit for us because I think we use more lines from these than we do from anything other than maybe vacation. Vacation or airplane. <laughs> those two. Yeah. It's yeah, right up there, though, get, for those sure. Those do get used yeah. a lot. Yeah, this, but this is in there, and it's very, very special to both of us, yeah, really. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, for, absolutely. For very different reasons. Which is cool. I think oh, that yeah. says a lot about the movies again and just the lines and how it ties how it ties to the music and back and forth. So I think it's, Yeah, and uh, even even our, you know, deep tracks and shallow thoughts, I yeah. think was covered something that a lot of people I don't think really think about. And Absolutely. that's reaching yeah. that point in your career where you can be you. Yeah. And I hadn't really dawned on me until I was just thought about like, yeah, it didn't seem like it's five years old. It's it's way older. And you're like, yeah, exactly. Because of and I was like, oh duh. So yeah, it's uh it's awesome. Yeah, it's really a good deal. And for, you know, again, that one guy who listened, I thank you. <laughs> we like having you. <laughs> Why don't we just have him on next time and get it over with? Just cut the middle man. <laughs> we might, but there's no sense in recording them because it's just lost the time. Well, they might want to hear it later on. <laughs> I don't know. This just is to true. prove, kids, come gather around again. I'll tell you about the time that I was... <laughs> no it, it does it pays to have people with real talent on this show and i can tell you that from experience from when brett edwards was on yeah. he actually carried the entire thing while i giggled like a moron his poor back probably still hasn't recovered i'm totally kidding you guys both rocked it <laughs> well totally thank rocked. you i do appreciate no, it, that. it was it was a great great episode i was really i enjoyed listening to that one a lot and that was i felt horrible that day I was just ill as hell, and I don't know how I pulled it together for that. Man, it must have been some Gatorade and duct tape and a piece of cold pizza or something, because you did, you did I, darn good, Putzo. I do believe there was some cold pizza that morning. There you go. I, yeah. yeah. One, one can sense it. One can it's sense. It's kind of the cure for everything. <laughs> I think. It's like solid form of Gatorade in my world. It's. Uh, it really saying. is. It really is. But as always... <laughs> As always, we want you to email us with whatever you want to hear, or whatever you think we miss, because we'll Absolutely. bring it up next time. And that is heyitpodcast at gmail.com, is it? Correctamundo. Okay. Well done, good sir. Well done. Well, you know, once in a while, there's the tell again. Nailed once it. Once in a while, you don't fuck it up. <laughs> now, there's a copy for you. <laughs> That's a t-shirt if I ever seen one. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Can't say it any better myself. No, and I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want it. It's just a beautiful thing. But, folks, this has been, every single time I say this has been the most fun we've ever had, and every time I really think it is, hey, I, uh, probably the most fun we've had doing that's, this. It's a great perfect. time. I think that's awesome. If we keep, just keep having fun every time we do it, then that's all that counts, man. Oh, heck yeah. It's an absolutely beautiful day here i can't wait to get outside and actually work on my property it's going to be nice and parts are coming for the hot rod that i'm finishing so hopefully i can get that thing at least started and uh get to it it's going to be a great day but and it, it makes it even better when we have this much fun absolutely thank you great, so, great movies again thanks for uh picking these out i really enjoyed it well 
it's it ain't for the money because we don't get any money. <laughs> it's <laughs> this is still under the uh, quote unquote labor of love category. I was, I was just about to say this is when you know you love what you do because <laughs> you do it for free. Word, not necessarily by choice, but there you just are. Because. Absolutely. Yeah. Perfect. So enjoy. You have a good rest of your day. And your day is obviously much more progressed than mine because I'm out here on the West Coast. You're on the East Coast. People, this can happen. <laughs> I've already power washed the driveway, just so you know. Yeah. <laughs> That's really good. And in fact, I'm going to give you a call after a bit and talk to you about your fence. So Thank be you. ready for another phone call later on. Well, now, I'll be sure to stick around for that one. Yeah, well, that's what I call a warning shot. <laughs> exactly. You have caller ID and you were warned. It's your fault if you answer. So. Yeah, I said fire it across his nose, not up it. <laughs> Keep firing, assholes. Sorry. <laughs> no, don't ever apologize for using that word. Asshole is truly one of my favorite words on the entire planet. Deeply, deeply ingrained. No doubt about it. Yeah. It, it, it goes above shithead. It goes above all the oh, others. 100%. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it, like my <laughs> hypothetical conversations with other people, I'm just going to throw this in there. It's always like, blah, 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 asshole. <laughs> I love the fact the that we can. emphasis word. We can derail ourselves on the sign off. We get derailed. I know. So, I'm sure there's somebody listening. That one guy going, guys, shut what? the fuck I it, up. I thought it was over. It's like end of Ferris Bueller. Like, what? You're still here? Go home. <laughs> like, <laughs> Look for that one coming up soon, too. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yes. Yeah, we have got to get us Definitely. some Ferris Bueller here. Um, because it sick. is so choice. Yes. Le jeu sont fait. Translation, <laughs> the game is up. Your ass is mine. Yeah. Oh, that is great. <laughs> well, with score? that, nothing to nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, we got to save some of these for next time. They, nobody's going to remember. Yeah. <clears throat> or listen. There's that too. I, I chose to go with remember, but fine. Call yes. it what you want. Anyways, to. with all that being said. Yeah. Well, with that, I'm going to get out. I'm going to get a little bit of work done and get this sucker published. So, folks, thanks roll. for listening. Micah, thanks for joining. This kick ass, and we will catch you guys next time if you think you hate it now.